You're listening to the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. We sit down with some of the most highly regarded experts in the field of rehab, from physical therapists, athletic trainers, and much more. We dive into what makes them tick and hear about the lessons they have learned along their journey. Come listen to what these experts have to say. All right, welcome into the newest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. Today, we have University of Wisconsin Athletics PT, Bailey Lunzer. Bailey, welcome on in. Hey, thanks. Happy to be here. All right, so for those who don't know who you are, why don't you give us a little bit of background about yourself? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I grew up in West Bend, Wisconsin. I've kind of born and raised here and always thought about coming back to Wisconsin as well. Um, I went to the University of Wisconsin for athletic training and had some great mentors there and kind of liked it so much. I stayed there for physical therapy school as well. Um, Just went straight into physical therapy school. I did work as an athletic trainer while I was in PT, just because I wanted to kind of keep those skills fresh. Um, And then I wanted kind of even more education and to get a different clinical perspective from different people. So I ended up going out to Cleveland and I did a sports residency at the Cleveland Clinic. Um, and that was about two years long, and I absolutely loved my time there. Got to do a little bit more research, got to do a little bit of teaching, uh, but always knew I wanted to come back to Wisconsin. So came back, worked at a sports clinic that was awesome, Aurora Baycare in Green Bay. Uh, and then recently, actually last week, just took a new job, and so I started as the PT for the Wisconsin Badgers. So it's been a kind of wild ride, but really happy to be back home and great experiences along the way. Well, that sounds awesome. Um, I don't know much about the Cleveland uh, Clinic Uh, sports residency. I know most of them are usually about a year long. So what makes their two-year residency program so unique? Yeah, great question. So there, and it was a little bit different because it was built to be an 18-month residency, but because of COVID, it it got prolonged just a little bit. Um, So what makes their residency unique is they do it for 18 months to really give you your best shot at finishing a research project while you were there and being able to run it kind of from the beginning all the way to the end. So that's one of the main reasons that it's 18 months. In addition to that, uh, one of the things that drew me to it was you get experience with everything from youth athletes to college athletes all the way up to pros too. So I didn't know exactly what was kind of my niche going into residency. That's something I wanted to figure out as part of it. So it seemed like a natural fit in the sense of I got all these different exposures to try to figure out what do I like the most? What do I feel the most energized by too? So yeah, it wasn't supposed to be two years, ended up being two years just because things got a little bit weird, but um, well worth it in the end. When you were at uh, Cleveland Clinic, you said your research project spanned 18 months. So what was your specific research project on? Yeah, so I didn't have a ton of experience of research going into it. Uh, It was something I had to learn a ton about, and I probably was too ambitious with the first uh, project that I picked. So I was super interested in throwing athletes. And so what I designed was a uh, injury prevention program for uh, throwers, where I think I kind of went wrong as I went for the pediatric population. Um, which added a lot as far as what you had to go through to get the research project approved, just going through a pediatric IRB. And that's just something I didn't know a ton about. So basically, I designed an injury prevention program uh, for youth in high school baseball. And then the idea would be for that upcoming spring to run them through the program and track their injury rates and see if it had any effect. So that was the first one I did. Because they canceled baseball, I didn't get to actually see the data collection through. But it's something that the current resident at Cleveland Clinic is working on right now. So Fingers crossed it actually gets completed, but that was my main focus there. When you were at 
doing the like seeing a broad spectrum of athletes all the way from like youth all the way to professional levels um was that all sports or was that only specific sports yeah so i got to see a little bit of everything um the pro the pro athletes was with the indians and the cabs so i really that was like the baseball and the basketball component specifically and because the indians was like mid-covid i didn't get a ton of experience like actually at the ballpark which was a bummer um, but I spent a lot of time with the Cavs, which is great. As far as the other age groups, I got to see everything, kind of all sports at the high school I was at, and then spent a day in the athletic training room at the local college and kind of got to see everything from whatever, lacrosse, dance, basketball, football, all of it. So it was good to get a wide experience that way, because I do really like the variety of different sports. Okay, so you said that um, your research was on throwing athletes, um, but you like working with a wide variety of sports, but what... It- what draws you in particular to throwing athletes? I don't, that's a great question. I don't know why I find it so intriguing. I think it's because the shoulder is so complex in the sense of, I I think we know so much about like the knee joint and ACLs and there's such a high volume of research on that topic. Whereas the shoulder, it's been more recent research on it. So it's a little bit more of a mystery as far as like what treatments you get to use. And I think it's a little bit of an art when you're working with athletes combining like I just like, I really like having the research side, but then being able to get a little bit creative as far as the treatments go. And then I was a huge fan of like throwing analysis and that was a big strength of the residency I was in. So I got to do a lot of that as well. So you kind of put all the pieces together uh, from the very beginning to the end and seeing them go back that way. And I think that's something that was a little bit unique to the shoulder itself. That's very interesting. Um, That's one area that I feel like I, I feel like I can treat knees pretty well, but shoulders, it's an area I'm still working on just because there's so many different variables and factors that can go into treatment and evaluation, especially. Um, so stepping back a little bit, what drew you to sports in the first place? Um, you obviously were an athletic trainer and then continued to do that throughout PT school, but what drew you to sports and made you want to do sports as a career? Yeah, so this is something that's pretty, I think, unique to me in the sense of I've had kind of my entire life in this profession planned out since about sixth grade. So I say this to everyone and I think I'm lying when I tell them this story, but I used to be in sixth grade, I would create rehab programs for my favorite like like NBA and like MLB players that would get hurt. So I would literally, I literally would clip out newspaper clippings of like Ricky Weeks was like my favorite baseball player, right? So I would like clip out the baseball thing, go on Google Rehabs, put a program together and put it in the binder. So like, so even from then on, like, it seems like PT and like sports PT is a natural fit, right? So I was like pretty nerdy back in the day and I still have the binder just because I think, I think it's a good story and I think it makes me laugh and like makes me see that I'm really in the right profession. Um, but then it just grew more and more with athletic training. And um, I love being in a college athletic training room. And I didn't really realize that till I came back recently. I get so much energy from that setting. Um, so I think it started early. And then everything I did along the way kind of just helped grow my passion for it. And it's just a natural fit for me, which I'm really lucky for. That, that's a pretty awesome story. Sixth grade, cutting out, you know, newspaper clippings. I have a pretty similar story. <laughs> um, I was probably in the seventh or eighth grade. And Derek Rose, my favorite player, got injured. And I was like, I would do anything right now to help that man get back. And so I think that kind of sparked my inspiration because I was like, I was like Googling what AC, well, I didn't know what an ACL was in the seventh or eighth grade. So I was looking up how long right. it takes for him. And so that really got me interested in it. So it's pretty cool that we have a, a similar story. And I, I, I always tell 
No, I was going to say, and I always tell students too, like, I don't want people to think that has to be your story, right? Like, it, it's just something that was natural for me. But I think definitely I've talked to a ton of people where their interests grew as like they went through schooling. And that's totally fine, too. So it's kind of an out there story. And it's cool. We have similar experiences. Uh, but it's definitely not the only route to get here either. So you said that you get a lot of energy from being in like a college, like athletic training room. Um, what, what in particular, I guess, gives you like makes you excited to be in there? versus like in a clinic? Yeah, I didn't I, I didn't really notice this until I came back recently because I had taken some time away. Obviously, during residency, you get a little bit of it. But you're not in the athletic training room every day. And I think if I was going to put my finger on it, it's like the chaos that is the athletic training room. And like having like, I, I work with all the teams at Wisconsin. So usually I have like three different people in there at the same time and you're bouncing between different people and trying to still like, how can we get all these people, all their prehab out to practice, things like that, and still give them high quality of care. So I feel like my brain's working at like a thousand miles an hour whenever I'm in the athletic training room. But I think it's so exciting because all the athletes are so motivated and everyone's on the same page that way. And I just missed having that with the different athletes. So I think it's just the chaos and working with the athletic trainers, working with the strength coaches. There's so many moving pieces in college athletics. And that's the part that I missed, I think, so much in hindsight. Um, and that's something even in like outpatient orthopedics right now, sometimes it honestly gets boring with one patient. And I know double booking is kind of like, it's like a, it's a high point of contention, but sometimes double book to patients and like running back and forth between two patients that are like, one's a knee and one's a shoulder and having to like bounce back and forth. It can be tiring, but it's definitely like an exciting part of my day sometimes. Definitely. And it's the, it's so much like the day goes, goes by so fast because you're just working on so many different people at the same time. And I, I just think it's exciting. It's not for everyone, but I think it's something that really drives me and gets me excited right. to be at work. Um, so you said you knew you wanted to do sports, but what made you do want to do a, like a sports residency or over an ortho residency? Because you know, I always ask this question because they're similar in some respects, but different in others. So I just wanted to hear your perspective about sports versus ortho residencies. This is something I really had to think about. And a lot of the, when I went on my interviews, all the different places asked specifically why a sports residency, because especially since I had an athletic training background already. So something I really had to think through for myself is like, am I just doing this to get more sports? Is there a specific reason? And I think what I came down to is I really wanted to get better at movement analysis of different sports. So and again, at the Cleveland Clinic, they had a throwing analysis uh, section, they had a running analysis, they had a golf analysis, like they had all those different units built in. And I don't think that was something I was necessarily going to get with the orthopedic residency. So I really wanted to expand my range in that way. And then also, obviously, all the on-field coverage, being to work with the professional teams and things like that, that was something I wanted to get a ton of clinical mentorship on in that sports-specific setting. And I think my like my ortho counterparts, they got a little bit of that, but I just got more volume of that, I would say as well. So that's kind of why I ended up doing the sports route. But I but I have a ton of friends who did the ortho route as well, just to get a different okay. skill set. And that's, that's a question I think a lot of people come to ask, because if you don't know anything about residencies in general, they're like, well, sports is a lot of orthopedic conditions. And so that's, you know, a component that might be in the sports section versus an orthopedic residency. Okay. Um... So how does your, since you, you said you worked in a clinic right before you moved in last week to go back to UW. Um, so how does your treatment style or philosophy change when you're working with 
you know, high level college athletics versus a weekend warrior versus someone that doesn't exercise regularly. Yeah, that's a great thing to think about. And I, I always like want to say, I truly want to treat all of my patients like back when I was in more of the orthopedic setting, like a high level athlete, right? I I feel like it's not fair at times for them. Like we expect less out of them or something because they're older or whatever. And then we underdose them and things like that. And I think that's a big problem in our field. But I think, I also think it's a lie to say that you treat people exactly the same just because you don't. So I, I think the biggest differences as far as that goes is the timeline and the goals of the patient. So with the collegiate athletes, right, there's a standard goal, like especially if they're in season and you're doing maintenance work, there's a standard goal of like for the football team, the game's every Saturday, right? So whatever your interventions are, they have to be geared towards getting someone back on that game day or on that Saturday. Whereas with more of the weekend warriors or people who don't exercise, the goals are a little bit different, right? I had to think more about like, are you, is your goal just to lose weight and start to move more? That's awesome. Let's do that. But the timeline's a little bit different. Or Weekend Warrior, is there a race on the road or do you just want to be healthy to be able to play with your kids and stuff? So I think it's really driven by the patient and the patient athlete's goals themselves. But the biggest thing I would say is, especially in the college training room right now, athletic training room, they it's that quick turnaround time of getting them back to whatever they can do as safely as they can. Whereas we get a little more leeway sometimes with the sports patients in the clinic. Right. And I think that's something I've been struggling with, not struggling with, but thinking about a lot because I would love to get you know, 70 year, 78 year old Susie to be doing clean and jerks. But realistically, you know, I want to make sure I'm dosing her correctly, but I also have to realize where she's at and her point. And, you know, a clean and jerk might not be the safest thing, but, you know, doing a sit to stand is an appropriate thing that's still challenging for her. So, um, so now that you've been. Yeah, what? definitely. And they all have. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, there's a lag. Yeah. And they all yeah, no, it's okay. They, yeah, they all have their own goals too, right? So my thing is like, if, if their goal is just to be functional, like sit to stands, all that's probably fine, right? But I've been trying to encourage even a lot of those patients, like, um, I want to be able to do this, or I want to get back into weightlifting. I had one uh, older woman, she's probably 78, and she's like, I really like to be able to do that. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it, you know? So I think it's a lot driven based on their desires and things like that and just being open to hear not like putting them into a specific box like oh we're just going to do these functional tasks because that's what you need to live so that's something i've been trying to be more open about and get to know from my patients as well and i think that's important especially in our just different older populations Mm -hmm. too um so diving more a little bit into your your new role um since you've been on the athletic training side and now you've done the pt side and now you're working you know professionally with these i guess like athletic trainers and strength coaches um, what do you think is a key to communicating or having a successful like sports medicine team? Yeah, it's this is a huge thing for me, and this is something I'm really passionate about, especially with there's there's a lot of uh, I don't know if you want to call it media beef or just issues a lot of times presented between athletic trainers and physical therapists because their roles are so similar, right? Um, and I think I come from a unique position in the sense of that I've done both things, right? And I've had training in both. So my biggest thing, and this is something I'm really lucky with at Wisconsin, is really dropping all the egos regarding all of our different roles. And I think you can all work together and stay in your lanes and come up with this really cool, like, athlete-specific plan of care and project, right? And I think the biggest things that helped, at least that what I'm finding, is it's it's completely about communication and making sure everyone's in the loop and on their same page as far as what we're doing. 
So the strength coaches are awesome at Wisconsin as well. And I, I literally go up and talk to them probably every day just to touch base on different patients and things like that and make sure that they understand that like we're all on the same page. And then as far as the athletic trainers go, it's it's really, it's their patient, right? Like they're, it's their team, it's their kid that they're working with on a day-to-day basis. So I'm really doing anything I can to help support them rather than coming in and being the one who's like in charge of anything, right? So I think the biggest thing is like, everyone has their own specific thing that they're very good at. And I think as long as we each practice within that realm, like there shouldn't be any problems working with the other people and the other professionals as well. So I'm really lucky to have that at Wisconsin where it's such a positive environment. Um, but I think from a professional level, both like almost nat- at the state level and nationally, we got to keep working to kind of bring those two organizations together too. Right. And I think I've talked about this on a previous podcast episode with somebody else. Um, it's always, I always felt that there, people would always ask, well, what's the difference between physical ther- like sports PT and like athletic training? And I always had a hard time giving an answer because I was just uninformed. I think. And so trying, I've been asking everybody this question because I think we can work together and, you know, provide backup and, you know, for each, each other in certain scenarios um, without stepping on each other's toes and working for the betterment of the main goal, which is the patient or the athlete. No, I think, I I think you're, you hit it spot on. And I, I think this is something just even our national organizations need to work on. And there was actually a recent paper that was just put out on it by a mutual friend of ours, I think, BN. Um, So he just wrote an entire paper on kind of the four. I think we need more of that. I'm looking forward to like, we need more of that sort of thing, just so we learn more about the other professions, like not just AT and PT, but all the other professions, like we should have a good understanding. Because if we don't like how in the world would our patients know, right? So I'm really excited to read that paper. But I think that's the sort of thing that we need to kind of keep promoting this positive relationship between providers too. Do you um, can you walk us through a day in the life? I mean, you've only been there for a week, but kind of walk us through like a normal, relatively normal day in the life for you as a University of Wisconsin Badgers sports PT. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little bit ever changing right now because they've never had a full time PT before. So we're kind of creating the schedule for the first time. Um, so typically right now, what my day looks like is on my early days, which are the big football heavy days, I get in about 630. Um, and my first couple hours of the day are all helping get the football team ready for practice. So basically, whatever guys have some uh, consistent rehabs that need to be taken place or just people who may not be uh, fully participating, most of the time they'll come to me and I'll run their rehabs in the morning. Um, then once they get up to practice, then I have a schedule, like a set clinical schedule where different patients from different sports get dropped into my schedule. And I just see them similar to what I would do in a clinic where they just have different slots and I kind of run through each patient. Um, after football is done, I help a little bit with the recovery aspect of practice, or if there's any new injuries that the athletic trainers want me to help with or take a look at, I'm happy to do that at that time. Um, and then basically I have clinical hours for the rest of the day. There's usually, I do have a couple hours block per week to do some research-based activities. Uh, there's a really cool performance lab exact like within the athletic training room. So I've been learning a lot about that. Um, so I'll usually have some research time blocked as well. Um, and then basically you just get up, do it again the next day. <laughs> so that's basically what's been going on so far. And then I will help on game days. I haven't had one yet, but next week I'll be on the sidelines helping uh, with the football team just with different game day, game day activities as well. Awesome. I mean, I love to ask that question because um, like I think we talked about pre-show, going to PT school, 
and you come out and you know all of this stuff like the sports world is kind of it seems like vague and mysterious and nobody really knows what goes on um you think it's like oh well i work with athletes but it's like what goes into you know a normal daily life for a sports pt for you know a professional or college team so i like to have people like kind of paint their pictures and their experiences just to give people a better idea of what it's like and it's not just because we're all used to being in a clinic or in a hospital um so it's a whole different world for sports pt that i like to kind of you know get a better idea and picture of what it is yeah and i think it's a little different for everyone too so i think it's good just to see what each person how their role looks at the different like different places and different facilities too last question and then we'll get you out of here um do you have any advice for aspiring sports PT advice, wisdom, clinical pearls, anything for that somebody that wants to get into the profession? This is so this is something I've thought a lot about, um, especially starting to have students of my own and things like that. So the biggest things I would say is I really think you can learn and try to learn from everyone on the sports medicine team that you interact with. So some of my the biggest things that I learned going through school and going through my different rotations and things like that, I had awesome, I was lucky, I had awesome uh, clinical mentors as far as physical therapists go. But I also had a great team of strength and conditioning coaches. And I sometimes I feel like I even learned more from them and just interacting with them on a day-to-day basis than I did from my clinical mentors and my CIs and things like that. So I think you can learn from almost anyone that you interact with as far as the PTs, the athletic trainers, the strength coaches, the psychologists, the nutritionists. Like, there's all these people you can learn from, and I think they all have something to teach you if you let them. So that would be my first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is early on, like, I think it's hard to know exactly where you fit within sports PT until you try some different things. So I really would advocate for volunteering for as much different things as you can just to see different environments, like see what a PT is like working as a sports PT in the athletic training room, see what it's like on game day on the field, um, see what it's like doing research in the lab and different things like that. So I think the more you can kind of say yes to and involve yourself in, it allows you to see what might be a good fit for you as well. And then the last thing I would say too is like there the PT world is awesome because there's so many different different people that you can connect with and at least in my experience like there's so many people willing to mentor you if you just reach out and ask for it. Um, so I think like going to events where you can meet other people who are in sports PT, like the teammates events, that was one of my favorite things at the uh, TCC conference, like meeting other people in our field. So you have someone to bounce ideas off of and just ask questions about as well. And then I think to the, the last thing I would just say, and this is something I'm still uh, getting better at as I kind of work through this is like one during residency, especially like ask for help when you need it, right? So my big thing is like, you have all these people to support you and they want you to succeed. And it can be a crazy time when you're working crazy hours and they won't know that you need help unless you ask for it. So I think that's kind of my main takeaway is like, we, like we're lucky in sports medicine. It's such a positive environment and such a positive team of people. Um, so just use those around you and kind of get involved in anything that you can to see what you like and what you might be good at. And I think that'll help drive kind of where you go in the future too. Okay, I think that's that's great advice. Um, you know, I think we've we've heard in past episodes, you know, communication and making sure you you know reach out to different people has been like one of the underlying themes of this podcast so far, um, and that's kind of what I've tried to do here. I've reached out to like on LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram, just asking everybody I can that can you know wants to share their experiences, and it's been great so far. 
Um, and Bailey, you've been another great guest giving us some like clinical pearls, um, you know, kind of talking through your journey and Bailey, again, thank you for being so gracious with your time. And with that being said, this is the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts podcast. Thank you to Bailey Lunzer for coming on the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts podcast. She had great insight on how PTs and ATs can work great in the sports medicine team together. If you liked what you've heard or want to hear from other great future guests, please like and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts.